There is more to me, Queen Eliara of Elfgard, than my elven magic. Just as there's more to Geico than saving you money, Geico also gives you 24-7 access to licensed agents online, on the phone, or on the Geico app. And while I am a mighty elf queen, I am also a mighty big fan of barbecue potato chips. Minion! More smoky mesquite. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to RU Instant Reaction Review. I am your host, RUScreening.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And this week, we're covering Riddick, and uh, it actually uh, is, is a film, oddly enough for me, that finally unseated the butler, because it's odd <laughs> what because... What was what were you wait? Unseated it as what? Like your favorite film of the week, or as the top at the box office? Oh, the, oh, the Butler's been the top for like right. three weeks back, right. or whatever. It's odd because I would expect somewhere in that span that we could come out with something more interesting than the Butler, or, and something more interesting than Riddick to right. top to do it. it. But no, this the end of this summer has really slowed down, and yeah. I. I love it in a weird way, and we talked about this because the butler is like so into promoting the fact that look at it taking over the box office, right? And I'm sitting here going, yeah, look at what it's beating, I don't know. <laughs> right? But um, but you know, hey, good good timing and way to put it out at the right time of year so that you can claim that. I don't know, whatever. Right. Um, before we get into Riddick, I did just want to throw out because I happen to watch this and it's kind of cool and. Weird and timely, but uh, this movie Empire State came out on DVD very recently, mm-hmm. and I think it's a very strange thing, and it's it's an okay movie. I want to mention it more because it's so just odd, because it comes out uh, very close to the same time as Pain and Gain, right? and they're so bizarrely similar in like every way. They're both movies about basically a couple of idiots who commit some some sort of crime right that from the outside looks like this big you know master plan there must be some genius running the show or something you know um in empire state this was back in the 80s and it was at the time the biggest cash robbery in US history and it was like between nine and ten million dollars, or something like that. I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's uh, similar to Pain and Gain because that was, you know, this whole like uh, identity theft, kidnapping right. thing. Where if you're watching the news, what when these things actually happened, yeah. you know, when they're talking about this robbery on the news, and it's kind of cool because in the movie they show footage of. Oh, that's cool. Right. Of like the the real news reports of this real robbery. Yeah. If you're, you know, outside of the loop and you're looking at this on the news, you're going, hey, man, uh, you, you know, some like James Bond villain has really showed up right. and and stole uh, $10 million from this armored car company. And, you know, nobody knows what's happening. There's like, I don't know. It, it looks impressive. Right. right. It's not right. like. It's not like some guy who robbed a liquor store, right? Right. And it's sort of the same thing with pain and gain. And and no, the truth is, it's some complete moron who in like the dumbest way you could ever imagine has all this money fall in his lap, basically. Right. And they both have Dwayne Johnson in them. So it's kind of weird. It's it's a bizarre, I think, culmination of – events that yeah. lead to these being almost the same movie somehow. And, you know, quite frankly, I rate them about the same, too. Um, yeah. Pain and Gain did not, like, wow us. And and we haven't done Empire State or anything. Right, but, right. Um, we did do our, our show on Pain and Gain, and as much as we rated it very middle-ish, right. it still was like, it's kind of it's interesting fun. to watch, yeah, you know? Yeah. It's, 
Well, it's like I remember one of the things that you said. You said even during the in the movie, but you have said it during the podcast. You were like, "I'm watching this, and then I have to remind myself, like these guys really did this. Like this is really like right. a true story. Like right. we always joke based on a true story, but like when the film starts to really go crazy, and you're like, "Yeah, they did it. I know. Like that's the weird thing. So and, and that's really pretty much yeah how it happened. How, I mean, how it went I down. mean, some things little are, liberties, but you know, whatever. And it's the same with this. And it's a really crazy thing where you've got uh, this one is Chris Hemsworth, and he is he's just this guy in New York basically, yeah. and his dad used to be a cop in you know their home country that his dad comes from. I don't even re- remember exactly the story, but they come here, and he ends up uh, the main character's dad, he ends up having to work basically like kind of menial labor for this kind of like low in the ranks kind of hood guy that thinks he's the big time, but is not really or whatever. And, uh, and, and and Chris Hemsworth's character, he applies to, to the, uh, NYPD and he gets the, they won't accept him because he has this one friend who is like the just typical movie, you know, the guy who won't go away from you, who's right. like bad news. Right. And they got arrested for something a long time ago, and now he has a record, and and it's a very small-time kind of thing. Right. But still, you have a record, and you can't be on the police force. And so he ends up taking a job as security mm-hmm. for this armored truck company. And he goes in and realizes that this is the most shoddily run operation <laughs> right. you could ever imagine. It is it is so like half baked, screwy. It's almost like you can't imagine that these idiots could get people to have other people protect their money. I right. mean, it's it's horribly, horribly run, and there's basically no security. <laughs> and and they have millions and millions of dollars, and it it would have been more money, yeah. except the it's his one friend comes in, breaks in eventually, while he's there, and uh, Chris Hemsworth's character just kind of doesn't stop him, right? And yeah. and at the end, uh, he he his friend knocks him over the head so that it will look like he wasn't in on it or right. you know whatever. And uh, it it really comes down to he could have had about ten more million dollars, except he's one guy and he can only transport so much money. And he loaded up and left, yeah. and and it's just so it ends up being crazy. But I just wanted to uh, throw that out there because because you just got the opportunity to buy or rent or whatever, paying a gain, right? And and even if we didn't rate it really highly, we still were, were kind of okay with it. And it is, even if you watch it and go, well, it's not the greatest movie, but it's still kind of a fun, yeah. just to watch this story, of right. the real thing that happened. And, you know, so if you like pain and gain, here's another one to pick yeah. up. It's, it's so similar These things, in everything. This feeling is weird. It's an intrinsic feeling to people our age and a little younger. Like if we had younger, younger siblings, but not much younger, they would get it. But now, you know, putting my old man hat on like these kids today, they don't they don't know the experience of, you know, Mark Wahlberg releasing a new film or going on video to something and us being in the video store and seeing like something he did from nine years ago. Right. He was still right. Marky Mark, you know, right, right. films just don't get released the same way. Like you don't get to see them on a shelf and then see like all the stuff that some video company who's gone out of business or just managed to hang on and they've got the reels and they're like, hey, this is going to be popular. Let's throw this out. Right. Like that experience is gone now. It's weird. I think about that sometimes, but that's because I'm a movie geek. So right, yeah. So um, anyway, anyway, uh, before also before we get to Riddick, um, um, I just uh, want to throw out too once again that we have a contest going on. Yeah. Go to iTunes, rate us, leave a comment. Uh, go to areyouscreening.com and any of our podcast review pages. You can find all the information. But you have the chance to win every movie we review this year, and you should really partake in that, I think. Yeah. It's uh, it's not your normal giveaway either because there are only 100 total possible entries. Right. So, you know, every other uh, opportunity to win a DVD, it's however many people enter, and you have you know, this you have a 1 in 100 chance, and right. and hey, man, that's, that's better than that's 1 in 1,000. 
So, uh, Riddick, I don't think we have anything else to cover. So, Riddick, we have to uh, jump right in and give right. our ratings, especially since we have plenty of time. <laughs> uh, I am, uh, I think, really pretty solidly one and a half. Yeah. Well, I, that's a little – that's not much lower, but that was a little lower than me. I it, I was too. Yeah. I, I, was I mean, kind there's of, really uh, not a lot of wiggle room there. I, but. I, I was kind of – Going into this one, going, it's somewhere in the one to two range. Now, where exactly do I want to put myself? And right. and I think I, I'm pretty comfortable being one and a half. And what's weird about this one is uh, I was okay with a lot of this movie in in certain ways. Yeah. And then in other ways, it really drove me crazy. So yeah. so it was kind of a strange a strange battle. I. I almost feel like I wanted to like this movie more than I could get myself to. Yeah. I, I was I was watching it going, if only I could like this a little more. Or, you know, which usually, if you have a movie that in the end I'm going to rate it one and a half stars. Yeah. Usually I'm watching the movie going, I wish I could just right. leave. Yeah, or not, here. Not, uh, I'm not like arguing with myself trying to like it more. Yeah. So it, it's a strange... Well, it was weird. It was almost like for me, it wasn't. It wasn't that it didn't do anything specifically horrible. It didn't self sabotage itself. I felt, in a lot of ways, that it, it once it established its direction, and it seemed like it was never really forgetting what it wanted to do. It just wasn't able to do what it was doing good enough to right. keep me always interested. There's a there's a there's a period of that film where I kind of finally dialed back into it. And I'm like, okay, let yeah, let's do some more of this because this is starting to get more fun and more interesting. Right. And it it just, I mean, and it's an easy way to dismiss it. And then it ended but bonkers. It just, it did. It just, it had all the components of all the films like this in the genres that I enjoy. It was part Aliens. You know, it was part Enemy Mine. It was part, um, you know, it, it was part, Pitch black. It was part and, of and you know it, it was even part. And I'll I'll give this movie a little bit more credit than it deserves yeah. at this point. But it was even like sort of part dances with wolves at one point. A little bit. It, yeah. it, there was this whole that's a like lot, just, wow. That's really that's a lot of credit. That's there good. was when the movie is like kicking off and he's you know he's got to live on this planet and go okay yeah. I have to survive I don't right. know and there was a lot of going through the motions of what he did there that just reminded me a lot of you know the earlier parts of dances with wolves right. where he's like i don't know i'm, I'm at this thing yeah. and i have to stay here and it and in a good way it was, yeah. it, that a lot of that well, part i liked okay it, except yeah. and you know it's very uh i don't know you hate to kick a dog or whatever but i hated the dog part the, i, I yeah. even liked the dog Right. I just didn't like that the dog was there. Maybe uh, the one part that really – I forgot it. I, I understand later. Okay, so there's like an alien breed of dogish things, and he right. gets one of them as a puppy, and it kind of bonds to him and stays with him. And it's a, it's a real attempt thematically to humanize Riddick you yes. know, because you don't want to just but make him like Jason so Voorhees. Cliche. But the and... one thing that if anything in the film should have been removed, it was this 22nd – scene that is it was almost cringeworthy where he's taking the meat talking to the dog and he throws it to the cgi dog and he kind of like doesn't even know where the cgi dog is so like like the the animators had to like make the dog, the dog has quicker jump really and, high yeah. and stuff and i was just like that whole moment there is you just got to get rid of it it doesn't work it's stupid right. and it really like takes you out of this thing even though what you're trying to do is humanize riddick but it's funny you you brought up uh, you know, dances to the wolves. I was going to say there's a part of it when he gets marooned there and he's just learning to adapt and it's very solitary. It m reminded me of um, of the Tom Hanks film where he's on the island uh, and I'm blanking on Castaway. the castaway. Right. Just you know, not for as long, but he's really just like right. what you said. He's a, he's like, okay, I'm here now and I've got to make clothing and I got to learn how to survive that animal and you know, right. It, and I. And I like those films. Uh, and, and I like another, those, I like another those reason that it was reminding me of Dances with Wolves, by the way, because you know he's got the wolf right. kind of thing yeah, that, going that on goes, with yeah. Wolves. So um, anyway, Riddick, I imagine everyone knows, right? Right. Here's here's another thing that I don't like about this movie is that it's actually kind of hard to explain the tie-in. 
Yeah. And if you've got a movie that's the third movie in the franchise and you really kind of struggle for a way to explain how it connects at all to the other <laughs> movies, like this didn't need to be one of my problems was this didn't even need to be Riddick. Right. Come up with another character name. Right. Give give him a similar guy, except that, uh, you know, I think the thing that bugged me that I just kept kind of feeling over and over while watching the movie is I'm watching it going, this is just so like pet project kind of, you know, he just wants to make this movie. He right. he and the writer-director, um, who I'm blanking on his name too because, quite frankly, it's kind of a weird name. It's like Twoey or... Yeah, it's David... Yeah, I always thought it was David Twoey. Something, I, I don't know, um, but... But this was just such a like pet project, and there you, you know you hear a bunch of stuff about um, Vin Diesel. You know, put up his house to right. uh, you know this is like all over the internet. He put up his house to make sure that the movie got finished. He's constantly uh, responding to the fact that the movie has these insanely diehard fans who mm-hmm. love you, you know the first two. And uh, they really want the third, another one to happen and bring right. us that back. And he's, he's, you know, all over the place on interviews talking about how, well, you know what, those people and their wanting to see it-ness, right. you know, really made me want to do it. Right. And it's just, that's cool. I mean, it, that's, that's fine, but there, but it shouldn't come through when you're watching the movie <laughs> that I'm only making this because I want to make it, right. not because I think I've got a great movie going on. Or I want to say something Especially about, yeah. if you have a movie, it's almost like, uh, you know, there's kind of a little bit of a, a Gangs of New York pet project Ness mm-hmm. in a in a sort of similar way, except people would argue that Gangs of New York, the the people who's you know are behind the pet project Ness think they have a really good movie to make. So we not, should make a note. Not just that Mark does not like that film. Not uh, yeah, I don't. I don't as want, a disclaimer, that, I, that's I don't like that sense, film. So. But. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. But I'm in a much better place with that film yeah. as you think what you have is a really good story to tell and a really good movie right. to make. Not I just want to make another movie and yeah. play this character again and, I don't know, write a story. You, it, you know, yeah. it, 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 it feels like that when you're watching it. It did to me anyway. There are a lot of parts in it where, you know, you're like, uh, it, he just wants to do this scene. Right. He doesn't care if it connects to the movie or it makes any sense. He just wants to play this character being in this scene. Yeah. And a lot of it is, um, you know, he really likes this character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he can't stop talking about liking this character. And with fairly good reason. Like, the first one is really pretty good for what it is. Yeah. And the second one, I don't know. The second one's like okay for me. I didn't love the second one. I didn't love the first one, but I mean, the second right. one is sort of like, ah, all right, little yeah. actiony thing when you know the, you're in that mood or something. Right. Then it's okay. And he really likes that character. And you get certain things where, especially the part where he's chained up, right. and uh, there's a part, and I think you get a piece of this in the trailer even. Where he's like banging the chains yeah. uh, and and making noise and then starts laughing, and and as that scene is happening, what I'm thinking is like all that made me think for some reason is he went to the writer and said, "Let's make a third movie." Now here's this thing I want to do: work that in somehow. Right. I want Riddick to be chained up, right, and, 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 and draw attention yeah. to himself and start laughing, right. like you know, like he knows something that everybody else doesn't know. Whatever he's like. Right. He just had that idea and said, I don't know, build a movie around it. Yeah. I don't care. Like he just – there were so many things where I'm like, ah, eh, that's – he just you wants know, to do that. It's like somebody getting like a Superman role or or right. some kind of like you know iconic role like that where you go, I want to play Superman and I want Superman to do this and now make me a make movie, movie so, I, so I can do that. You know what's really hard about that too is it it certainly does – I can see that it feels that way. It it stinks, too, because that's one of those scenes in the film. That's around the time where I started getting interested in it again. Right. That, I, I'm not like, saying, I know you're not I'm saying, not saying, it's, saying a, it's a bad scene. It's, actually, it's, a a really, scene. it's actually a really good scene, but when you're watching it, you're just kind of like, this is why I sat through 35 minutes already. It's because this is what they wanted to do. And maybe right. even 
you know, most people know this now. Not everyone did. They don't film movies in order. Like, they'd bring right, it all right. out of sequence. And maybe that was the first day of shooting because he really want like, let's nail this. I've been <laughs> right. looking forward to this right, for a exactly. long time. You know, one of the things that's really weird about films that go like this, that aren't really a trilogy, they're just, hey, we made enough money, let's do another one. Right. You know, not originally seen as a longer story is uh, I'm watching this and I'm just kind of like, there's a moment when I'm down on it and I'm feeling like I did whenever I would see like the fourth entry of anything. And I'm like, God, really? Like, do something new. Like, if I'm watching Lethal Weapon again, and all of a sudden they're trying to recycle the same jokes, they got to go pick up Joe Pesci, go through a drive through because right, right. he's got to do his bit again for someone who didn't see it. You know, and I'm like, I want to see something new. I want, I want the character to do something new or become something new. But if you can't do it, then it's just a money grab. And when I'm watching this, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great. And it had its moments where it fluctuated between them. But I just kept thinking, this is what I never want them to do with Wolverine. This is, right. this, is, this is what is important about certain characters that I'm geeky about, which is, yeah, Hugh Jackman wants to be in the Avengers as a cameo. All these and things. He, he wants to play Let him do it. for and, the rest of his life. And he wants to right. do it. And I'm all right with that. As long as it's just not, well, Wolverine goes grocery shopping and meets a mutant. <laughs> right, right. And the, you know, it, it's almost like if you're going to do something interesting and carry the story to another place... I'm all for it. That's great. Sequelize the hell out of that. Right. But don't just do this. Well, and where and, you're really, you're really only, you're really only trying to do what is the equivalent of keeping your head out of, you know, above the water. Right. Like you're not really doing anything extraordinary. And I don't know. I was just it, when you watch a film like this, you shouldn't feel bored. And I felt bored. Yeah. There, there were plenty of times that I felt bored, and. In some way, this is like even confusing, but in some way, like being bored in the way yeah, the, of but, this movie is not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Because, you know, sometimes it you're doing boring stuff and that doesn't mean that all of a sudden your movie is terrible. Right. No. It, but yeah. in this movie, they don't they don't sell it the right way and right. they don't bring it about the right way for me anyway. And so much of this movie just feels like you know you overlaid yeah. Riddick universe onto well, other stuff that we've seen a right, jillion a other times, movies yeah. do, and it's you know we've got the mercenaries who <laughs> are are you know start out going well now there's eleven of us that's ridiculous right, right. and everyone else is going dude it's Riddick don't you know <laughs> right and that Riddick, one smart guy who's and, like and you Riddick, better learn and, and Riddick is picking yeah. every, starts picking everybody off just mm-hmm. like you know he's gonna do just like. Right, you know how many thousands of other movies, yeah, and not that it isn't fairly interesting and right. and it, done it, okay. Yep, it's just that you know make the next move or right. else don't do it. Right, you know, I mean, right. if, if you're just gonna make the same thing, then I don't get it. It if, was if you're gonna do the same thing, you yeah. know, somebody could come out with a movie that's almost the same as this tomorrow, right, and I'd be okay with it. Right. it if they did something with it. Yeah. I want to make a movie like this because what I want to do with it is do this whole other thing or something, yeah. not just because I want to make the same thing that everyone's seen. It felt like a bunch of parrying moves. Like nobody was going for the kill. Like it was just like, oh, I'm going to, uh, oh, no. Okay. Uh. Right. But one of the things that was really interesting to me about the thing, well, about the movie, one the thing, about the thing, when – I was looking back on it. I was like, you know, for the first half of the film, Riddick is a, uh, kind of accustoming himself to uh, the new planet, the environment, the animals, how he's going to eat, live, whatever. And that seems to miss the real gravity of the actual character. Like Riddick isn't interesting to me when he's observing a pit scorpion and trying to figure out how to get by it to get to the next level of the world. Right. Like in a way, this felt video game-ish. Right. What's interesting about the character always is when he's around other people and other people, whether they're mercenaries or whether they're scientists or just kids. Right. When Riddick is in, involved with other human beings, that reaction and that repertoire of whatever everyone is kind of sharing and feeling, that's the strength of that character because he is abrasive, but he's also – he's a bully to bullies. But right. not a it's, bully to the unprotected. It, like it, he's it, actually it, so important when there are other people around that that's when the movie works. And to have the first 
It might not be the first full real half of the film, but it's a large portion of the first half where he's alone. Right. And and that's why the dog is there in some sense, again, like I said, to humanize him, but not fully. It's just because, you know, they had this notion for what they were going to do with it later. But, man, what a dropped ball that is because it's not interesting. Riddick is not a guy who all by himself is interesting. He's a guy who's only very interesting when he's irritating other people or, or he, in, in other people's faces. He's, uh, I mean, the That's whole, the whole basis thing. for his character, and what's weird is that we do actually have, you know, the same writer of, yeah, uh, it's uh, the, same of the other ones. It's, yeah. not like, it's not like we pass this character off to somebody. But like you're saying, the only thing that's interesting about him, like a lot of anti-hero people exactly. that have been mo- in movies forever, is the only thing that's interesting about him is his specific like code, right? You know, and of, how it bristles against how others, he, how he's going to yeah. act, and how he's going to stick with it, no matter what that right. means, right? And you need other people, yeah, to, to, to bounce off to. That. Play I mean, off did you of feel that situation. way? Did you feel like it, like as a character, like it was just uh, so interesting? I, I kind of thought the the beginning where he's okay. So um, let me back up. We All should right. say okay. So you got the pitch black. I'll get right. And and that's where we get Riddick, and he's a prisoner, and they mm-hmm. crash on the planet, and it's uh, all dark. You know, it's it's and... like the uh, the bad stuff happens at night, and then we realize that it's going to be an eclipse for like six <laughs> months or something. <laughs> yeah, and and that is very problematic, you know, because it's uh, which I thought actually was kind of an interesting spin because you get a lot of movies. Uh, you know, going back to that first one, you yeah. get you get a lot of movies where it's like if every if we can just survive till day, right, right, and then and then somebody writes a movie and goes, yeah, what days if not, not so much, right? Yeah, it's like thirty days, and so that was pretty cool. Right. And uh, he is this, you know, the most wanted person in the universe or whatever, and and you know, hilarity ensues. They're trapped on the planet, whatever. And then we get to the next movie, Chronicles, yeah. and all of a sudden it's uh, you know this alien race of people trying to take everyone over like kind of comes out of nowhere right. and you don't really know why you're there and you were kind of okay with it and you went well okay whatever and play along now you have like all three movies together in the third movie it's funny because like Carl Urban is like mentioned as being in this movie and yeah. he's in this movie for like eight seconds he's got a or big, something yeah, quick cameo. <laughs> And uh, but what happens is, you know, from after the second movie, he is basically the ruler of the people now. Right. Except that Carl Urban doesn't want him to be. And uh, we get a really short reference (laughs) to the earlier movie. Right. Where we explain how he's here. And basically what happens is that uh, Carl Urban sells him on this idea that he'll take him back to his home planet. But he drops him off on this other planet. Right. Uh, just to get rid of him, and they're you know they are meaning to kill him right then, right. except that they don't. But they still abandoned him on this planet, and now he's on he doesn't know what planet. Right, and you know there you go. Yeah, now we have a third movie, right, which has really no connection to Not any really. of the other movies. It's just yeah. totally random, except that you get like a minute where they go. Um, so like, this is why he's here now. Right. Go. Right. And and you get nothing. It's weird to look at all three movies together because it is very rare to see three movies where it really is just, the stories are just totally random. Well, they, like, they don't have to be connected yeah. to each other at all, except that you just want to, the further <laughs> adventures of this character. Yeah. It's almost like, uh, like Penny Dreadful books in like the twenties yeah. or something where, it's just this character, and any and whatever a, a, happens, any story right. could could just well, be anything. Instead of A B C or one two three, it's really A one yellow. Right, like exactly. it, it's basically a pattern that doesn't make sense, but it's the same character. So yeah, right. And so so he's abandoned on this planet, right. and like we said, to start off, he's got a, you know, okay, here I am. Yeah, right. And now I have now to I do figure it. out what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and I liked it, and then in a certain way, I didn't like it just because. Um, when you do this like slow methodical sort of stuff, sometimes it can make you think too much, right? And it's and it's almost like they're trying to get you to think in a in a way. Right. Maybe in this particular case, maybe they're not so much, but it, it's what happens anyway, right. whether they want you to or not. But we're doing this very like slow methodical. You see stuff happen where. Uh, 
he's kind of going through the motions of surviving on this planet and living there, and all of a sudden stuff will happen where you go, well, okay, he must have been there for months now because right. look at how long it would take to do to that do or that, something. Yeah. But then also you you know look at other things because it's making you look at all this stuff. He's figuring out what animals he can kill and eat. Right. He's figuring out how to stay away from other animals. He's uh, you know sees something on the horizon where he thinks there's grass and right. uh, you know he's landed on you know this is it reminds me of you know when we first had like the uh, probes land on Mars right and people <laughs> said like well yeah but if you something could land on Earth in the middle of the desert right. and you Be would like, think oh, that there was nothing planet. there yeah so he's it landed in the bad spot and he thinks that if right. he goes wherever the heck he's going to go that there's something to get to there and apparently and, he's got to go this this is the only steps that you get can there. only go right through this one there's there's like a 4 foot there's step. there's gigantic mountain Nowhere ranges else. you can't right? go around this thing right like you got to go through it, this monster it, right oh, there's there's this giant you know land mass of yeah. you know, huge mountainness <laughs> yeah where you can get through this one little tiny crevice and in it's between steps. them. It's supposed right? to be it is, there. It like, is super small. Um, right? Man, it's so funny. And guarding it is one of the big bad monsters, which, right. so as you're going through all this huge buildup of he's <laughs> learning how to live there, right. I liked it to a certain extent because yeah. I thought it was kind of cool that they said, well, let's let's build this up and he's figured out how to live there. The reason I liked it, actually, is because I thought more was going to come out of it so eventually. I. Yeah. I thought there was going to be more going on with, uh, well, I've lived here for like a year. Right. And, and, I, I, yeah. know, and I know stuff <clears throat> that you don't know. Right. And I thought something was going to come out of that. So turned out nothing came out of it, really. Well, it, was, it was really lazy, too, because they have that setup. Tui has that setup in the story where he's basically showing, like, I know what animals are poisonous, where not to go, right. what this rain means. He, and he, even he then, takes enough time it, yeah. to get himself acclimated to the poison. Right. So, so he takes a little bit of poison, then yep. a little bit more poison. And, yeah. and like, uh, you know, that's not something you do in a week. Right. Right. <laughs> and, right. and he's been there forever, and, you know, whatever it is that he can eat and plants, and he knows all this stuff, and I was really expecting well, and something even, was coming from that. Even that weird – he does voiceover – Vin Diesel as Riddick does a voiceover maybe for three paragraphs for the over maybe the first 20 minutes of the film. Right. And in, in one point, he literally says, in case the audience doesn't get it, like, I've gotten away from where I'm supposed to be. i got to get back to being a barbarian. Right, like that. He doesn't really say it like that, but that's basically the justice. Maybe like he, maybe you, he got civilized. I've got yeah, that, that now. I got to get. Problem. I got to go back to my savagery or whatever. Right. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, maybe the audience doesn't understand that this is what you're seeing, so force it to them. Right. Just like the whole dog thing, which is like, oh, I mean, anyway. Right. I just thought they did and, all that uh, build up, and it didn't pay off for anything. Yeah, and there there were parts of that that I liked. I I liked the idea of doing that. I did too, and, and I think a fair amount of it worked pretty well. But eventually, when they do stuff like that, you know, at however long he's supposed to have been there, at some point it's like too long because yeah. because he looks at where he wants to go and there's uh, these little mud scorpion things yeah. that there are varying sizes of them and we see them. Apparently, they have like a pretty long life cycle, whatever. Right. Uh, you know, I don't know. But in this big mud pit right there where it's in this in, in this crevice where the water does not get evaporated all the time right because yeah. then you can have a big pool of mud right there's really a giant one right and he's got to figure out a way to get past it and we we wanted that because he wants to have this fight scene with right. this big weird mud scorpion yep. and eventually that's gone wrong because what we want is he wants to do that scene not does this make the most sense? Because eventually I'm sort of thinking, you know, he's been here for a year right. or however long, right? He's been here for a long time. Eventually he could figure out some way to just drop a rock in that <laughs> in that mud pit and or, then not have to worry about it. Yeah. Do you really have to, like, get yourself 
Right. Make yourself immune to the poison, build up a tolerance to the poison, figure out how to make like a giant sword switchblade thing to have something to kill. Before I did all all this stuff, I would take a day and just walk about a mile around the corner and just see if there was (laughs) nothing else there. Right. You know? Well, we're supposed to assume he's at least done that. Well, I mean, the dogs are level one boss. This thing (laughs) is the level two boss. You know? And basically, as a video game, and at this point, I'm still feeling it as a video game, like. He's obviously got to time this and hope his hit points are high enough. Right. So, And then, you know, there are other things. When it goes on too long of having this, like imagine uh, uh, something like Dances with Wolves, since we're using that example, right? Imagine yeah. Dances with Wolves where that beginning part goes on for like another 20 minutes, <laughs> yeah, right? It's right. like at some point it goes on long enough and they have things they want to do with it. And it's kind of like whether or not we've absolutely thought it through or not. I mean, this is like, you know, sort of nitpicky stuff, but eventually it just didn't make sense that he fights that thing. Right. You, you know, figure something else out. You know the thing's there. That's all you need. Yep. All you really need to know is how, how badass that thing is. Right. And that's what serves him for later in the movie, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's all you need. You don't need to have this fight scene, but we wanted to have the fight scene. We're going to do it. And eventually you go on long enough with this sort of stuff. And you start looking at everything too much. That, yeah, that's when you're watching me. it. Like, you know, I'm watching it, and and it's going on and on, and we have to raise this dog and everything. And God knows, the, <laughs> it, I don't know if these dogs spring up to full grown in like yeah, a week, or we're trying to say he's there even longer than he is, but right. we don't really know what that's about. But at one point, I'm looking around and I'm like, he's made leather. Yeah, and I'm going. How how in the hell could he possibly have done that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> First of all, uh, you know, this is the sort of thing that it just it flies by people. If it, no, who cares, right? This right. is like nitpicky crap, and who cares? But. Uh, you know, that's not – first of all, if you n- didn't know how to do that, that is not the sort of thing that you go, let me figure out how this is this. done and yeah. I'll make it happen. Right. And, you know, there are like tools involved yeah. that you need. Yeah, people are going to be just, like – it just was goofy. Yeah, they're going to think that we're crazy. They're going to be like, you're arguing but, about the color of the teleporter on the Star Exactly. Trek like, but the thing is, is that – but. If the movie's making me look at it right. that long, then this That's part of the movie is not right. working right. right. So uh, eventually what happens is now he's trapped on the planet, and he knows that these crazy badass things uh, are there. Yeah. And he eventually goes and finds this mercenary station, which uh, I guess I don't have enough memory of the first two movies except to just kind of play along with stuff like this. Right. But uh, according to the theory, you know, there aren't really like cops. There right. are just mercenaries yeah. and bounties on people, right. basically, is how policing the system works. Or and there's all these co-op shelters that are right. on planets for people to come in and right. gas up or do whatever they and, need. And, yeah, and it's got, like, all sorts of supplies and everything, yeah. and it's just there for mercenaries to be able to use whatever if you're chasing the bad guys or something. Right. And so he at least gets, like, some supplies and everything, and then he sees, like, this big storm is coming. Yeah. And... Luckily, his dog is very unhappy about it because yeah. it makes him look at it closer, right? Right. And so he looks at the he looks at these huge clouds and this huge rainstorm. And so what it turns out is that apparently these giant mud scorpion things are everywhere on the planet. Right. And now that the storm comes and makes some water down there, then they all pop out. You, he sees them like way out in the distance. And then he does a quick meteorological survey of a well, planet like, that he's never been on well, he's before. Like, I've been here a couple of years. I know and, how fast this will move. And and realizes yeah. that uh, he's got like a couple of days right. or whatever. And the storm's going to be here. And then there's just going to be jillions of those. Yeah. And even he's going to be yeah, dead. Like, when, yeah. when the whole planet turns into those things <laughs> right. everywhere, then he's dead. So he turns on like the radio transmission signal thing, like a beacon, yeah, and just I guess lets it look at him and see that he's there, and then the bounty hunters will know. And uh, so one group of bounty hunters shows up, yeah. and and they are the, you know, actual mercenaries, right? And not too long later. Uh, the other group shows up, which we find out eventually, and I don't really know that it's anything spoiling anything, is that uh, this is the team led by 
the guy's dad from the first movie. The, yeah. One of the one of the uh, guys from the first movie, his dad wants an explanation from Riddick because right. because whatever, who knows? Um, so he has like a more real team of people. Right. The mercenaries are kind of like mercenaries. Like, they're they're like, more charismatic and more movie like soldierish. You right. know, there's there's the gruff guy. There's the one who you know is going to die first. There's the smart guy, the the lippy guy. Yeah, on and on. And uh, and then so they have their own little rivalry going on where you know the leader of the mercenaries. I like that stuff too. That was actually I did fun, too. That, those, that was and cool again, stuff. this movie wants human elements so badly. Like the moment you start getting people in contention with each other, it takes off. Right, like, it's really fun. Right, everything that happens in this movie, I think pretty much anyway, just about everything that happens in this movie that is uh, at least two or three people on the screen right. is pretty is good. Worth. Yeah, it, it is pretty good stuff. Except that uh, you know it has other problems. But anyway, there. So so now we have these two teams there, and yep. you know the leader of the mercenaries is saying we were here first, and you can't, right? Whatever. And and, and the guy like, doesn't care. He basically goes, "Hey, dibs." And the other guy goes, "I don't care." Right. The guy doesn't care. He says he, he starts out and says, "We won't do anything until you ask, ask us for, for help. help." Yeah, I thought that was cool. And and then Riddick starts killing people, obviously, and you know right. Then, then we get our whole so so the basic thing is that it, the guy want ant, wants answers yeah. the other guy wants Riddick's head because he's got the biggest bounty in the universe which is funny it's, out it, for him. it's double if you're dead usually it's right. the other way around it's, it's, that's actually really funny too I, I thought that was cool because Riddick actually uh says something about it later. Yeah. Then then it was yeah. you know, he's like, That's new, right? <laughs> yeah, that was funny. And and that was actually pretty cool. There's a lot of his character when his character, like you said, when he's interacting with other people, it's awesome. It it's actually yeah, very it's really good. Fun. A lot of it kind of falls apart and uh for me, the reason that my rating is so low is there are a few different reasons. One, it watching it was just so obviously watching a pet project. Yeah. Uh I think two is several things in the movie that happen uh, for that reason. Like, for for example, when he is chained up and then he eventually uh, kills the one guy mm-hmm. with the sword. If that would have been a slightly different scene, I would have been okay with it. Yeah. When you make him do something that it's not possible for anyone to do, yeah. then I don't like it anymore. Yeah. Right? Then I just go, ugh. You know, if right. he would have done something and you would have said, boy, I bet there's like one guy in the world that could do that. Yeah. Then I'd go, well, OK, he's the one guy. He's that. Yeah. <laughs> and there he is. And, you know, it's that guy who you make movies out of. Right. 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 When he when he does a handstand on one finger right. in the sand. Right. <laughs> then I don't want to watch it. Well, this is this is the guy who basically um, I'm absolutely in agreement, even though it's a cool looking thing. And it was really cool because it was the moment as a small side note. It was the gross moment when he decapitates the guy, semi decapitates him. But all the annoying people behind us in the theater had enough and they left. Like right. that, that was actually right. a very small right. bonus. But if you're Riddick and you can catch a knife catch a machete or a sword on your ankle, flip it, kick it in midair, and kill somebody, then all you need is just like some walnuts and some pennies in your pocket because you can throw that <laughs> right. and blind somebody. Right. Like if you are that guy, then you don't need anything. Right. You've got dirt, and dirt is enough. <laughs> right. Like seriously, that, I felt the same way. I'm like, well, he can do anything. He doesn't have to touch anybody. Right. He can sneeze on them I, and kill I, them. And when he, when he did that – so crazy. And see, here's the thing. If like uh, – you know, he kicks the thing out of the guy's hand. I'm okay with That's that. That's cool. Somebody could do that, even right? If, even him catching it, I'm cool with. And and it goes in like six in the ceiling. And and then yeah. the act of doing that draws the guy in just a little bit yeah. so that he can kick the guy. Right. I'm okay with that. He Fine. can kick a guy. <laughs> he can kick a guy. <laughs> and he, he kicks the thing up into the ceiling, and it goes straight up and stick, sticks into the ceiling. Yeah. And I'm going, well, all right. Oh, I mean, that, that, that could somewhere. happen, yeah, right? right. And then it falls and he catches it, and I go, uh, "Now look, that, I'm all right with even that." But I, I was too. I was. It was pushing it, right. but I was going, "Well, uh, yeah." If he would have, if he would have flipped it up and kicked it so that it went straight into the guy, 
Right. I would have even let that be okay. Right. If he would have like kicked the handle, right. you know, so that it just stabs the guy and sticks in his chest or whatever. Right. I would have been okay with that instead. But he kicks it sideways <laughs> and it flies straight through the air like it's, you know, shot out of a gun or something. Right. And goes all the way through the guy's head. Now, even if he would have done that and it would have just stuck in the guy's head. Right. I would have went, oh, come on. Right. But I would not have thought it was horrible because, you know what? Cutting through a guy's skull is not as easy as you think. So the force that he had to do that with yeah, to yeah. go all the way through the guy's head, I was like, yeah, forget it. I'm out. <laughs> well, then I it was terrible. At that point, all he had to do was turn his ankle a little and put a little, like, oomph on it. And it should have been like a boomerang <laughs> around the room. Exactly. Because then he point, just had it back and he'd have caught at, it in his hand. At that point, he's Batman. <laughs> right. Right. So he just whatever. caught it in his hand. Right. See what what was funny too is when wow. that when that happened as soon as that happened and then here's the other thing that's really weird is that when when the guy's head gets cut off yeah and he kicks the box over so that the head falls in the box yeah. that I went now see that I'm okay with that I was perfectly but, happy but with but in the middle I have this part that I right. have to hate completely but when he did that like you said you know he just needs a bunch of walnuts or something like he's just when yeah. he did that I was thinking why. Why did he have to call these mercenaries in the first place? He's not scared of all those things. Right. Uh, all he has to do is pick up a bunch of rocks, and uh, he's got this mercenary station with plenty of <laughs> guns and ammunition, and, and he can do anything. God, he's got chains now. He so can, why does he even right. care about these creatures, right? He, yeah. at, at one point <laughs> – so the other problem that I have with the movie – so obviously we didn't like that scene. Right. Which well, I liked all of it except one nanosecond. Be, I know, just, you exactly. know. shouldn't be like the death knell for a whole movie. But uh, as soon as they go outside, uh, you know, for me, the whole movie just right. jumps right off a cliff. And yeah. just everything is goofy. As soon as they get him out of the chains and then they're going to take – they have to take the bikes in order to get the power cells for, right. the, for the thing. That was another part where uh, – it felt like there's a scene where he's stolen the power cells and then he just kind of walks up to him and goes, you can't kill me because you will never right. find the power cells right. and you will be trapped here forever. Right. So he walks up to him and, you know, that scene I kind of liked pretty well. I did. Except that that scene was just another part where I was going, he just said, put this scene in yeah. and build something around it. Right. And even if that works, the fact that I know that he did that <laughs> – Doesn't he work. goes, what I want to happen is I want there to be a whole bunch of mercenaries desperate to kill Riddick because right. everyone's desperate to kill him. And I want him to just walk up out of the sun and just start walking towards him and go, here I am, and yeah. have a scene where they they can't kill me. It was like a fluff moment, too, because he's like – because one of the other mercenaries goes, look at the balls on the guy. Right. Because you want – you know, the, hey, Clump, I'm the man. Right. Look, give it to me. You right. know, when he's walking with a cape, he takes his cape off. You know, I mean, Superman has landed. Right. Know. Have you got – is this a sound clip? I do have a, a clip of Vin Diesel uh, to play where uh, he's kind of generically talking about the franchise and the movie and stuff. Oh. And uh, I wasn't sure if it was it, – uh, It's like a two-part thing. Um, but I did want to say, too, that um, they go out. Then they have to go back and get the power cells. And they right. get on these weird motorcycle – kookinesses yeah. which those are a thing like they look pretty cool right right except that this is another point where the movie <laughs> makes you think about stuff too much right because if you had the technology to make that motorcycle you would never make that motorcycle you would make something way cooler right. than that motorcycle right and then i'm like oh, okay it's a motorcycle with jetpacks and stuff but if you actually could build that right You know, you you could build something where you just stand there and go wherever you want. Right. I mean, you don't. Well, dude, bad badass mercenaries and Riddick, they gotta ride space Harley. They have to have. You know, it's space basically hogs, that's it. Like right. when he's, when, I'm doing this for you. Like when he's on the bike and he's got his arms up, like he's riding, like he's Sons of Anarchy. Right. Whatever. And see, what's funny, what's funny about that to me, uh, anyway, is that you know, if you could make that thing. Right. Yeah. If, if you were so far in the future and space travel and the whole thing, and you're making this little thing to get around on the planets, would the handlebars be way up in the air like you you're gotta, like yeah. you're watching Sons of Anarchy or yeah. something? No. <laughs> it's right. just it's just crazy and just going. But I want it to look like this. Right. I don't know. So, um, but as soon as they do that and they take off, everything after that I hated. Right. I hated I hated the part where uh, you know the one the one Merc 
kind of turns right. because it was just so laughably like cliche. Yeah. The way that uh, Riddick beats that guy up is so stupid. And and then at that point, it's just like, look, here come the things. We're all going to die right. and run. Right. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, there's the moment where Riddick is about to get it and is, is about to be left for dead. And he, like, finds the weird part of the explosion because Vin Diesel said, I want my guy to be so, have this other moment of, like, crazy badassness where he cauterizes his own giant right. wound right in his heart. Because he's got he's to prove <laughs> his manhood one more time, right. like this volcanic glass and, and then And then he's, then he's just out there and has to battle these things all over. But, but then again, why right. is this even a challenge for him? Uh, he, yeah. <laughs> right. he should just be sitting there with, like you said, you know, like a bag of pebbles just going, ding, right. ding, Or just a couple ding. extra swords he can kick, because right. apparently that's a killer. You know. And he climbs up this mountain to try and get away, because at least it's somewhere to go. And then eventually he's just punching him with his fists. And I'm, I'm yeah. like, I don't know. The whole thing went like super goofy. Yeah. All of a sudden, they were at the end and didn't know what to do, and uh, it went really crazy. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but we do have a clip, and uh, yeah. I don't know. We might as well let's play hear it. Vin. So let's hear. Yeah, let's let's hear him convince. I don't him. think anybody ever calls him Vin. It's either Vinny or Mark, or Bob or well, Diesel yeah. or Diesel. I would never call him Diesel. But. <laughs> It was probably my first lead role in, in this industry, and for that reason alone, there's always going to be some kind of special connection. Um, I fell in love with the role on paper. Um, it was just such a well-executed character and a true anti-hero, and the design of the story made for a true anti-hero. So I was really excited about that. Um, ultimately, it's been the fans of the franchise that have kind of kept me so loyal to it. I think people can identify with Riddick's plight, and that's why they... Uh, gravitate towards that character or appreciate that character. They can identify with the idea of being prejudged and ruled out and given up on and underestimated. I think those are, are, are feelings that we all have at some point or another. And I think the fact that Riddick is able to overcome those uh, through action is something that people appreciate. See, and it's weird because, I mean, uh, he's, you know, obviously just talking about the franchise in general, not really saying anything about... Right, someone uh, must have uh, said, about why why come back for a third film, or what movie. is your, you know, right. what would bring you back for a third film? So. But um, it, it's funny because I agree with him, yeah. <laughs> and yet I still don't like this movie. I think this is a, a weird situation, and uh, we're getting pretty close on time. And I feel like right now, I feel like the car talk guys or something. Like you know, you you've done it again. You've wasted another hour listening to us. But there's probably some copyright on saying that sentence actually. Right. But I, I think that it's weird because I agree with him, and like I said, I, I like the first one. The second one's kind of okay. This one feels like it's. Not even like a money grab. It's not even like no. It never feels. It, it, it's not even like we're yeah. just trying to make money. It's like I just want to play this character again. It's almost like you kind of get the impression that if he could get somebody, if, if he could get uh, the the writer right to just keep writing these, and you know they went straight to video. Yeah, they. Put it on YouTube for me. I'll just have just make me a copy of the DVD and I'll watch it. <laughs> right. I'll As time it. goes on, he's like, you know, I would. He just wants to play this character. Yeah. And like you said, it's sort of like you know Hugh Jackman just keeps saying he would he would like to just keep playing Wolverine and he loves playing Wolverine and yeah. and Vin Diesel just likes playing this guy. It's yeah. like uh, you know if I have to 
if I have to do, you know, like Riddick 14 as like a play in the park or something, right. I'll, I'll do it. And this movie just feels so much like it's like the opposite of like a money grab. It's like, yeah, it's like a fan, uh, well, it's, it's like he, he, you know, wants the money for his house back or whatever. But, sure. Yeah, uh, right. But yeah. But other than that, it's like it, it's it's not a money grab. It's just I just want to do this. So right. I don't know. Throw something out and there. how great is it for him? Like this is not a Ron Perlman Hellboy kind of thing, or even I mean even a Ron Perlman Beauty and the Beast kind of thing. To be Riddick, you show up, you wear some stuff that shows off your muscles. I don't even think you use contacts. I think that's no, all CGI that, contact that, stuff, right? Like that's I, I don't know how, I don't know how that has always worked. Uh, I can't but, remember, but in this movie, right. it clearly is just he doesn't do anything. If he wanted CGI to be Riddick to go get some sushi, right? He could do it. <laughs> right? Like if if. Hugh Jackman wanted to be Wolverine to go to the mall. Like he's got to do his hair a little bit, or you know, he right. get his bomber jet. You know, Riddick can just do whatever. Take out the garbage. <laughs> hey, I'm Riddick. You know what I mean? Like, right. so why wouldn't he want to do it? But you're right. I agree. This didn't feel at all. I mean, really at all like a money grab. It felt a little like fan service in the best way. Like really, like the fans want this. Okay. Like in a strange in a strange way, this feels like a Kickstarter film. Right. Like if you guys want it. Tell us and tell us with ten or twenty or thirty bucks because if we get enough, I'll do it. Right. Like Vin is in. I'm I'm all over it. Right. But if we can't do it, the studios might not be all over. You know, it felt in a way like that, and they they got it. And it was weird. One thing that was kind of strange we didn't hit on, and we are running out of time, so I won't go too deep into it. But the visual effects of this whole thing, it it's not bad at all. But it looks it looks like another. It looks like another level, not on par with what we're seeing with all kinds of special effects now. Right. It looks it's, very it, like contemporarily it, Flash Gordon like. It, it, it's clear. Like, it's, it's clearly it's like uh, you know the problem I had with the first Percy Jackson movie. You know, it's yeah, like right. you can kind of tell right. that these effects should be better, right. and and, and they, these aren't bad. It's and, just they're not up to what you see in, in what's being on like sci-fi, right? Like at this point, right? Like they're, they're not that bad, and a lot of what yeah. we what we do is. Uh, one of the good things that uh, the writer did, like I'm really not bashing he, on it. He but... wrote stuff that we can, it, right. with the effects in mind. He's like, right. okay, I'm gonna. If this is how it's gonna happen, and it's got to be effects that we have some chance of pulling off, because right. I know we're not gonna have a lot of money to do it. Right. And and they made it work, and it actually they really does do make it work work pretty well. It's just that, just like with the first Percy Jackson movie, for me anyway, every once in a while you see something happen where you go, whoa, because it just, it's almost like at this point yeah. having a lower version of special effects kind of throws you out of it. For right. me, one of the times was um, towards the end when uh, Riddick comes back to pick up the one guy. There, there's this one part right. in this uh, riding the motorcycles part that I don't even absolutely understand what happened. But I all, don't either. All of a sudden, the one guy goes off the edge. He gets bumped of, off of the cliff. Yeah, yeah. And and you're watching it going, did he just like do that on purpose? Right. Am I supposed to think that he did it on purpose? Yeah. Or what happened? And Riddick comes back for him. And when the guy has to kill a couple of the bad things, and then all of a sudden he turns around and there's Riddick just sitting there right. because Riddick didn't have a weapon, and right, right, and Riddick's just sitting there, and I'm like, I can, I can, I know that the edge of the set is like right, right there, there. <laughs> and I can see, and it's it's, yeah. it's a weird kind of a feeling. It's almost sort of like a lot of people ha have said this ever since you know big HD TVs come out. If you get a really big, really good HD TV and then watch TV, yeah. it's weird. Yeah. Because like the best made TV shows, all of a sudden it's like it looks like somebody shot it with his iPhone. It's really weird. It, it, it is the I weirdest didn't like it for experience. a while. I, I actually was like, I'm gonna watch it on a different TV. Right. I don't like right. this. And I've gotten used to it, but it, it is weird. You, you feel like you're just standing there on set. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know all the stuff is around. <laughs> right. It's just barely out of shot, and it's a weird thing. And this has a it few has a moments, moment. yeah, a, a few moments that are like that. But overall, it, it still looks good. Weird. It's just it's it just feels a little out of place. Like it almost, I almost want to say it's like some foreign film that has a good budget, but they just don't have ILM. Right? They, they don't. They don't have Skywalker. They Ranch. don't. They don't it, have the resources of stuff. Yeah. And but anyway, so, I don't know. But it it was uh, it, it was thankfully not. 
real distracting at all because they could have right. went the wrong way and not had the budget to cover stuff they wanted to right. do, and, and it would have been ugly. For the record, you know, it's Sunday. We saw this Friday night, no 3D, because, you know, we like to throw that stuff out there, but right, that was it. So, that's uh, yeah, so that's it. Um, thanks a lot for tuning in. We'll be back next week, and I'm not sure what we're going to be doing. We might be doing The Family yeah. uh, comes out next week, but we might avoid that if we can figure out something else to do. So if <laughs> you're really looking forward yeah. to that, let us know let us that know. we have to go see it. Right. Um, yeah, and that, and, That's it. and that pretty much covers Riddick. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, you know, subscribe and tell your friends and all that good stuff. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Bye. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.